Well, good evening. We trust that it has and will be a wonderful summit as we close out this part of this week. We just wanted to say thank you to all of you, to Indiana Wesleyan University for the opportunity to try and add some value in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual commitment. We love and since we've read a number of tweets from the hashtag IW Summit and we're glad that God is working in you and continues to work through you. As we talk about stories, what will yours be? We want to thank the worship team. Have they not just done a fantastic... Yeah. Wow. I know they're a part of your team, but we are so, so proud as, as parents of, of listening, of watching, of worshiping under their leadership. Just a phenomenal job. And so many other people, all the tech, tech. sound, lighting, all of those have just done a phenomenal job. Yeah. When you don't notice them, right? They've done a phenomenal job. And what a place to try and do that. And just, just an incredible time, time. And we just want to again say thank you very much. It's been a great opportunity and a privilege to, to be here and to share together what God's done. But we want to have a, a great time. And tonight we're going to mix it up a little bit. But we're going to talk about our purpose. But before we do, I watch me whip. Watch me nay nay. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've seen this, but the 98-year-old guy, watch me whip, mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Watch me whip, mayonnaise. Okay, you have to check that out on YouTube. It was him. <laughs> I, st I, st I still think... There ought to be a lip sync battle somewhere down the road here. I know we just initiated that. We did a few thank yous, but there ought to be that. I've got my inner Luke Bryant work in here, you know, oh, so no. I don't even like country. Um, but I'm in Indiana, the Midwest, and rednecks, so I figured I'd say that. I grew up here. I can say that, right? So uh, some people like it. I haven't, even though I grew up here. But uh, we'll see what happens with, I don't know, Dr. Wright, Dr. Newman. You know, we could get really get some people up here and have them show you the whip or whatever. But... Uh, yeah. Oh, we're not supposed to do that? Is that okay? We'll see. Well, we're leaving, so it's okay. We're out of here. <laughs> we're going back to California. We're hoping to, hoping to have that great time. I, I got to tell you, though, we, we've had a lot of fun, and even just before, I was giving her a hard time about something. But you see, in our family, we have three kids, and, and uh, we love it. It's a wonderful time. But we are convinced, at least I am, but we're convinced in our family that sarcasm is a spiritual gift. And, and it worked, right? Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, we had that one. We have to be careful sometimes. I go over the edge sometimes. We have to work on that. But, but it's sarcasm. So we hope you have fun and enjoy it. And, but we want to kind of have a little fun tonight. We, we've told stories. We've told biblical stories. But we thought tonight that we might do it a little bit different way. So being at a university, we thought it might be good to do the story of Joseph, Cliff Notes style. All right, so we'll give a shot at it. You think we can try cliff notes? I, I think so. Let's do it. I've, uh, that's about the only thing I'm familiar with in college is <laughs> cliff notes, and I hardly use those. So well, you already told him you didn't know where the library was, so obviously you got through something. Yeah, I, and again, I heard it was still here, but uh, I walked by it, cut through it to get closer to someplace else today, and figured out there's books there. All right, cliff notes. You know, Joseph is a 
a long story in the Bible. It's 14 chapters. 14, 37 through 50. Uh, Do yeah. you want 14, us to read you're it? right. Good job on the math. <laughs> Thank you. Way to go. So we're going to try to do cliff notes of Joseph's story. You already know this, so listen to us as we try to go through this. Joseph is the second youngest son of Jacob and daddy's favorite. He gives him a coat of many colors. Bad parenting. Joseph has a dream that his father and brothers bow down to him. He tells them about the dream. Not the smartest boy. The brothers hate Joseph, so they sell him to the leaders, traders. sending him to eat, uh, the traders heading to Egypt. He is placed in the home of Potiphar, and because Joseph's master saw that the Lord was with him, Potiphar put Joseph in charge of the entire household. But Potiphar's wife took a special liking to Joseph. Shrew. And she tried to entice him to her bed. But Joseph refused because he could not dishonor his God or his master, so he ran. But he left behind his coat, and Potiphar's wife, who enticed him to his, her bed, used it to accuse him falsely. So Potiphar sent him to jail. But God used Joseph for good. He found favor with the warden because he saw that the Lord was with him. Two of the king's prisoners, the baker and the cupbearer, were in the prison and both had dreams. Joseph tells him what the Lord says those dreams mean. One is to die and one is to be freed in three days. When they both come true, Joseph asks the cupbearer, the one who lived, to help him get released. But the cupbearer, again, the one who lived, forgets about him until Pharaoh has a dream two years later. Then he remembers the dream interpreter, Joseph, who was left in prison. Joseph tells Pharaoh what God says a dream means. Plenty of grain for seven years, followed by famine for seven more years. But who will help them? Pharaoh sees that God is with Joseph and made him wise. So Pharaoh places him second in command in all of Egypt. What a roller coaster ride from prison to a palace. And a good thing, too, because a couple of years into the famine, Joseph's brothers go to Egypt seeking food for the family. They don't recognize Joseph, so he messes with them a little and makes them even fear for their lives. But eventually, Joseph confesses to them who he is. And he says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Joseph then brings his entire family to Egypt. And the Hebrew people are saved. Booyah. So here we have 20 years of this young man's life, all the way from being the favored son to a slave to a prisoner, and then to the palace as second in command of all of Egypt. This man really has been on a major roller coaster ride in his life. The question is what was the purpose of all this? What was his purpose in all of this? You know, I want you to catch this right now. How we live out our purpose can change. But the circumstances do not change our purpose. How we live out our purpose can change, but the circumstances do not change our purpose. Hmm. Joseph moved through these different um, levels of living up and down and up and down demonstrating forgiveness and mercy all the way through, saving the Israelite nation from starvation in the end. He maintained that through, through all that stuff, through those, all those ups and downs, he maintained his purpose. So what kind of person goes from one situation to a worse situation to an even worse situation and comes out able to continue following God and following his ways and being true. Joseph 
went through horrible injustices. I would imagine if Joseph had been really bitter and bemoaning what he was going through, God wouldn't have been able to bless him the way he eventually did. So the question is, what makes Joseph different? He was a man of integrity. The definition here is integrity is choosing your thoughts and actions based on values rather than personal gain. Even when Joseph was up um, in prison, he was given responsibilities. He was such a good man and God, the Lord was with him where the warden sees that. Potiphar saw that. Potiphar saw that he was a good man and he was following God and gave him responsibility. And then eventually Pharaoh sees the same thing. The man lived out integrity. He lived out his values even when he is unjustly treated. I love this next, uh, gra this graphic. Integrity on a compass. Integrity was his true north. That was what kept him focused and in line through all those difficulties. For example, let's take Potiphar's wife. Here she's, his, his boss is out of town and she tries to entice him to bed. And he's a young man. He's, he, I'm sure he had to have been tempted. But he says in chapter 39, verse 9, he says, How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against my God? I find that so admirable that he had such integrity. Mm -hmm. He did not want to sin against his God. It even says later in verse 10, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. He wouldn't even be in the same room. He made sure that he stayed away from temptation. And then eventually when he did run into her, he left his coat that she was hanging on to and he ran. We've got to remember to keep running from that temptation that might try to pull us away from the integrity we have established and determined in our hearts and lives. So another example is with the cupbearer. Um, this one gets me every time. So he's in the prison and he, with God's help, interprets the cupbearer and the baker's dreams. And when the cupbearer is released, he says the last thing to him, he says, remember me to Pharaoh. And then the very next, I believe it's the next chapter, the next section starts, the cupbearer forgot him for two years. Two years. He spends two more years in prison, needlessly. He's already there for something he did not do. And then he got forgotten again. There are circumstances that we are going to be placed in in our lives that are going to seemingly make no sense. And some of them may be totally unfair and unjust. But God can use them in ways we can never imagine. He can change them. Well, he can change us. He grows up our character while we're in those tough times, those tough places. And he was growing Joseph's character that whole time so that when Pharaoh needed him, he was ready. You see, Joseph had long ago chosen to follow God, no matter what. 
no matter what the circumstances, no matter what came his way, he was going to follow God. That's called sold out. And that's what God is wanting of you today, is to be sold out. That no matter what happens, we got it pretty easy here, guys. We don't face much right now as far as persecution or difficulties because of our beliefs. We may go through difficult times personally, but on a whole as believers, we haven't seen anything yet. What's going to happen when it really gets tough? Are we sold out? Are we ready? Are we standing firm, boots on battle ready like we talked about the other night? Joseph was. Too often we start moaning and grumbling when our day goes bad. You know, the prof yelled, my roommate was a butthead, I didn't finish a paper and got an F, and you know, we grumble and moan about our day. Can I say butthead? Is that did okay? Did you just say what I I did. I did. I said it. It's our last night. We're leaving. I'm glad we're leaving. <laughs> what time does a plane leave? Sorry. These are all, of course, first world problems, not something to get too worried about. But we get, and we also get stuck in the mindset, if I just work harder, God will bless me. But that's not how he works. He looks at our heart. He wants to know what your heart is. He wants you to work hard too, but he wants, you to, he wants to see your heart attitude, that your heart is for him. In Joseph's life, the blessing sure did not come the way he was expecting. Slavery and imprisonment, I do not think, were on his list of blessings. Especially when he had that dream back at the beginning that everybody's going to be bowing down to him. He thought, man, life's going to be pretty nice. And then it went downhill from there for a very long time. But God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And Joseph maintained his character, I mean his integrity, while God refined his character. Never underestimate how God can use tough circumstances to grow us up. It's not fun, but in the end it is worth it. Because we come through the refining fire and we're ready for whatever he has us to face. Maybe your path right now kind of seems that way. Like you're not experiencing the blessings at the moment. Things might be tough, whatever's going on in your life. But hang in there. If you continue following his direction and his calling, you're going to come out on the other end. And he's not done with your story yet. I, I always like to stop every once in a while and just think about what God sees. Do you ever just stop and try to figure out what it is God sees? Because our vision is very myopic. We, we just, we have this little tiny thing. And when we're, when we're in our day-to-day -day and going through life, we can get stuck there so much. We, we always see is, I'm struggling here. Or I got to get to there. Or this relationship is taking a lot of time. And, and we see all these little pieces. When God sees the whole, he has the panoramic view of all of it. And what we need to do is... Let him give the instructions. You know, it's kind of like when we were talking about the battle the other night. The commander is up on the hill, and he sees the whole battlefield. 
And we're just the peons down here in the battle. And we're just fighting for our lives. Swords are flying, shields, though, everything's just going everywhere. And we just got to wait for the commander who's got the perspective to let us know what to do next. He's the one who's got the better view. I'm just a little scratch in time. He's the entire thing. So I listen for him and I wait for his commands and I follow what he says. Joseph was chosen for a very important purpose to save the Hebrew people from starvation. He's the reason an entire nation was saved because he brought them to Goshen in Egypt and they had food. You have been chosen. Did you ever think about that? That you have been chosen? You've been chosen to do something very significant. Every single one of you. Mm-hmm. Too often we think that it's just the visible ones. You know, oh yeah, that one, that one, they'll, they'll do something significant. They'll, they're chosen. Or that one over there, yeah, they're, they're chosen. God's going to use them. But that's not, that's a lie. That's not truth. You each have been chosen for something significant. Right. I wish, <laughs> I wish I had a mirror for each one of you. And I would put that mirror up in front of you so you can look at yourself and say, I have been chosen for a significant purpose and I'm going to do it to glorify God. And then really believe it. Joseph had dreams and skills of leadership. And no matter where he was or what, he, what situation he was in, he used those skills that he had, those giftings he had. You can do the same. God has given you giftings right. and skills and a way to live significantly right now. What better place than an, higher, an institution of higher learning than to be exploring who am I? What are my giftings? What are my abilities? How can God use me? You have so many opportunities open to you right now. You have opportunities to pick some of the smartest people in the world's brains right here on this campus. You have the opportunity to serve people on your campus, in your dorms, in in the city. You can get out and reach out to people right here. Don't see this as an interim time. See this as living your significance right now. This is where you are, and God wants to use you right here. You may have some circumstances that you don't always understand. But God has put you here for a purpose. And now is the time to live out your legacy. Don't wait till you graduate. Start right now of being that that person sold out for God in a mighty way. What's your purpose? What's your story? What will it begin to look like from here on? Summit 2015, the day I, the week I decided to. How was your story changed as we talked about other stories? 
Joseph went up and down, but he knew his purpose. Whether you have to spend time in a pit, a prison, or a palace, if it's in God's plan and that's your purpose, it is the perfect place to reside. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it was always fun, but it's the perfect place to reside because you are doing what God has called you to do and you are there in that time, in that moment that may feel like a pit, it may sometimes be a prison, and it may even be a palace, but wherever it is, God has placed you there for his purpose in you, for your story to be written as God intended, as God desires. Geraldine said she wished she had a mirror. We talk a lot about legacy and our parenting and all that we do. And we oftentimes say you have to live a legacy long before you ever hope to leave one. And so as we talk about living that legacy, we, with each of our children, as they headed off to college, stopped. And she said she wished she had a mirror. I wish... I could, and what we did with each one of them as I held those precious faces in my hand and I looked them in the eye and if I could come to each one of you out of love for what God has in store for you we would say to you individually face to face putting our hand on your shoulder or holding those precious faces in our hands and say go live the legacy that God has designed for you what's your story you see we raised our children to release them that's how God intended it you are now being released as you are growing here as you're learning here as you're fulfilling all of that maybe it feels like a pit and maybe it feels like a palace I guarantee you all of your life you won't be in one of those places the whole time but a part of your purpose, a part of God's plan for you, a part of your story will be, God, am I obeying you and am I in your will, in your plan to fulfill the purpose you have for me? Because our purpose will always honor and glorify God. Joseph understood this. And no matter what, he understood that his purpose was to glorify God We've talked about the circumstances, the good, the bad, the difficult, the right, the fun, the wonderful, the sad and sorrowful. But our purpose, our story is being written now. What will it look like as you go learn to live it, fulfill it for what God has for you? How are you glorifying God in all of those stages, in all of those ways, in all those areas of your life? What is it that God is saying? This is what I have for you. I've designed for you. I've called you. I care for you. And I want you to go. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. But it was a really a great movie on the magazine of life, but about life. And Walter Mitty was stuck in the basement cutting the negatives of the pictures that got printed in the magazine of somebody else's life. And the final edition, because they were going online and they were eliminating the hard copy, the final picture, which was the quintessence of life, 
the photographer said, was a picture of Walter Mitty, who we get, did get to travel some. But the quintessence of life was the ones who really made life happen. And he had a picture of Walter Mitty holding up, looking at the negatives of these pictures. Walter Mitty made life happen. And he didn't even know it. He was missing it. Here's something that it hit me as I watched that movie and shared thoughts with some others. I realized, team, it isn't what we've done or where we've gone. It's what we've become right where we are. Mm-hmm. It isn't anything that you've done. It isn't what, where you've gone. It's who you've become right, right where God places you. We have a spoken word, and we chose to wait till later during the sermon time to show it. And we want to watch spoken word right now. Where do I fit in this crazy world? A valid question, one most of you are probably asking. What's going to be your purpose, your mark on the world, your legacy? Maybe you changed majors three times, and you're still not sure it's actually what you want. And now each of you are thinking of that friend who's in that exact situation. But even if you're studying exactly what you wanted to since you were eight, how we will make our mark on the world is a question we all must ask ourselves someday. Because at some level, each one of us wants more out of life than just a 40-hour week desk job. And I will say this, to have more is not looking for what you can get out of the world, but rather searching for what you can put back into it. For a legacy is not defined by what is taken, but by what is left behind. Think about it. Michelangelo left the Sistine Chapel. Rosa Parks left footprints for the civil rights movement. And Handel, Handel left the Messiah. I mean, not, not the man, just the oratorio. So what will you leave for the next generation to follow? If we look at Joseph, we can see that he was first hated by his brothers and eventually sold into slavery. But he did not sit and sulk and ask God, where are you because you're not taking care of me. Instead, he worked with all of his might because he knew he was serving his true master, fully embracing the purpose and plan God had for his life and eventually being raised the number two in command over all the land. And the crazy thing is, Joseph never thought about what God would give him back in return for his love. It was always and only about loving and serving his Father in heaven, regardless of situation, because he knew that his purpose was to chase the face of God in holy interaction. So are you and I willing to sacrifice ourselves at the feet of the throne, knowing that our purpose is simply to accept the love of the Father while being humbled before the cornerstone? Your purpose, my purpose, it is to glorify God in all of our life. You see, it isn't about what job you have. It isn't about your career. Because Joseph had and lost a couple of careers. He went up and down. But it is about this opportunity of glorifying God no matter where you go and what you do. But the ultimate purpose for all of us is really summed up in Mark 12, 30 and 31. And I paraphrase. Love the Lord your God with everything you've got. Every fiber of your being. And then love God's kids 
the way God loves God's kids? How are you loving God with everything you've got? How are you fulfilling the purpose he has for you? How is your story being written? It ought to start and end with loving God with everything you've got and then loving God's kids the way God loves God's kids. You see, somebody said loving God is demonstrated by loving his kids and the only way we can really love God's kids are by the way we love God. That's why Jesus didn't separate those two but kept them together. We're going to ask you to think about your purpose. You have a rubber band to remind you of God's love. By the way, what's your name? I still have my name badge. We even talked about for each other. What's the name for this season? What is it for you? We talk about our purpose together and individually, that God's made us. Joseph had a purpose. Joseph understood it. In the good and the bad, he got it. Francis Mustafa, who graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University in 1972, understood clearly his purpose. He was born in Sierra Leone. Seven of his siblings died before the age of five including his twin. He shouldn't have made it, but Francis did make it, and there was an educated person his father met, and his father met this educated person who was a nurse who helped him and provided for him to leave their small village, their community, to go to a bigger place, to go to a Christian school, and he graduated at the top of his class. But while he was at that Christian school, a professor from Indiana Wesleyan University, Dr. Tom Davidson, went and taught biology. Dr. Tom Davidson bought him a plane ticket to come and check out Indiana Wesleyan University. Francis did, and he came here to college. He worked odd jobs to pay for schooling. In fact, as I understood it, stayed during the summer with a professor here because he could not afford to go back home. But his dream, what he said, my dream has been since I was a little boy, my my hope and my purpose was to start a school in my village in Sierra Leone. He came and he graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University along with his wife and he had a degree in biology. And they headed first to Libya and then back to Sierra Leone to try and teach and to try and fulfill his purpose because of civil unrest he was scared for his family so they literally loaded up and they came back and for nearly 30 years Francis taught in the Fort Wayne Indiana school district area Francis Mustafa was awarded the Indiana State Teacher of the Year award was a National Teacher of the Year award runner up he's in the world changers at Indiana Wesleyan University he is in the National Hall of Fame of Teachers. And he said all of those accolades and all those awards were wonderful, but it wasn't my purpose. And after a couple of attempts to try and failed, finally in 2011, after nearly 30 years of teaching, 
and all that went on, he returned with his wife to Sierra Leone to start a school. He had struggles and difficulties, but he took $50,000 of his own retirement and helped with friends in his church. He tried to get things started, and finally in 2013, they started a school. With the Ebola outbreak, it had to close in 2014, but in April of 2015, just this last April, their school reopened with nearly 300 kindergartner through third graders. And the plan is for it to go all the way to accomplish high school education. Francis Mustafa, no matter his ups and his downs, his challenges, all the way, even as a little boy, his dream was what God had placed in his heart. His purpose was not just to teach and to educate, although that was wonderful, but it was to go and start that so that others would be educated, others would know, and others would know about Jesus Christ and experience what Francis Mustafa understood. What's your purpose? What's your name? Remember, God loves you. But what is it that he is wanting for you and for me in the day? So in other words, to ask it again, what is the story that God is wanting to write in and through you? There's a multi-million dollar company named Heyo.com. This founder and CEO is named Nathan Latka, and he's 25 years old. Now, I could sit here and tell you a whole bunch of things about Nathan. He's a pretty amazing guy, mm -hmm. and he has placed some very big disciplines in his life that are pretty amazing. He, he knows how to live significantly. But I want to tell you about one thing he did. Nathan wanted to know what his lifespan was. So he did some research and found out how the age span of a white male who lives in Virginia, which is where he is. And he found out it's 80 years old. So he started doing the calculations and he figured out how many seconds he has left in his life. And when he was asked, why did you do that? And he said, because I don't want to waste one second that I have left. That's right. The question for you is, how are you going to live out your God-designed story with the seconds you have left? So here's what we want you to do tonight. In really a celebratory way, and we're going to continue in worship in a moment. And we're going to have some extended worship again tonight. But here's what we would like you to do. Here, here's your assignment. You have been tweeting at hashtag IWSummit. We want you to tweet so we're going to limit this, your purpose. If you begin to know what it is, and you may not, but you may begin to hear what God, maybe you already know that, and you can write that down. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin even tonight for you to tweet out your purpose, 140 characters. And even while we worship, if you tweet those, we are going to put those up on the screen. The tech team is that. And you've been tweeting hashtag IWSummit, and it's been wonderful, and we appreciate that. But we don't want statements about Summit. We want statements about you, your purpose. And again, 
you may be like me and go, wow, I just heard this. I haven't thought through this. I don't have time to write this. But maybe there's a word. Maybe there's a thought that God's impressing on you of what your purpose is. And so in a celebratory fashion, as we end this part of Summit and we go, we want you to know how much God loves you, God cares for you, God created you, God created you for community and relationship. We've talked about that. Many of you, and man, did it blow us away this morning. All of you who came and literally flooded this stage with those commitment cards. I was humbled. We were humbled. But as you surrendered whatever area of your life to him, maybe for the first time, maybe for another time of surrendering a specific area to be obedient to him, we were blown away by that. So tonight, you have responded, but we want you to begin to respond because we want you to write that story that God has designed and desires for you. And so as we're worshiping, if you know that and can begin to write something of your purpose, and it is appropriate, our tech team is going to take that and look at it, and they're going to begin to to publish it. Geraldine already said said it. But remember, each day has 86,400 seconds. 86,400 seconds each day. What are you doing with each of those? Here's the questions, and these really are the ones that are going to be sent out to you, so we're going to give those to you right now so you can begin thinking about that as we've asked questions after each session and sent those out digitally. And really, there are three questions that are kind of wrapped to the same. They're just asked a little bit differently. So here's your opportunity to respond to God and what he is doing for you, as he did for Joseph, as he's done for Francis, as he's done for others. How would you define your purpose? And another way to ask that, in what way is your purpose glorifying God? And as Gerilyn asked earlier, how are you going to live out your God-designed story, your legacy of significance, with the seconds you have left? Let's worship together. And allow God to speak to you to begin writing your story from here on out. All right, team. It's our purpose, it's our mission to now go and live out our story that God has designed you for and desires in you so that other people will watch, will notice, will wonder and will want to follow the same God who wants your purpose lived out. Go and live the story that will be written about you.